This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by J.K.L. Engineering. Whether it's heating or cooling, you can depend on J.K.L. Engineering. Licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Call them today at 401-351-7600. Listen, we still have a number of months ahead. You're going to need the heat. We don't know what's going to happen. March can still be chilly. April can still be obviously chilly. The heating season. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a natural gas high-efficiency carrier infinity system. They're energy efficient. They're quiet, more affordable than you think. If you're saying no gas, guess what? No problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. Highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation and replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. JKL, carrier factory, authorized dealer, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, for over 53 years, JKL's reputation, second to none. Technical expertise, customer satisfaction. JKL is an approved National Grid VPI installer. Call JKL Engineering today. Remember, estimates are free. Financing is available for both residential and commercial. Call JKL for a system replacement, oil to gas, for a heat pump. They're going to do it right. They're going to do it right the first time. And remember, with JKL Engineering, they'll keep it nice and cool in the summertime and nice and warm in the wintertime. Central Air is a life changer. Central Air is a game changer. And right now, estimates are free. Financing is available. Licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts, the original, the best, JKL Engineering. Call them 401-351-7600, 401-351-7600 for JKL Engineering. It's John DePietro. Uh, I want to apologize to our guest, Dan McGowan. I'm not exactly sure what happened. But, Dan, I was just touching on uh, the amount of fatigue and also uh, you, you. that's a very good phrase that you mentioned, which is we just don't know where the finish line is. Yeah, I mean, that that's the thing. And I'm sorry about that, too, John. The, um, the, the strange thing is, and you, you nailed on it just a second ago with the, the healthcare workers in particular, because, look, it's really, really easy to say, you know, I'm a, I, I signed up to do this job and, uh, you know, I'll do whatever it takes to make sure my patients are healthy and make sure that we're all in a good spot that's it's really easy to say it's a noble thing to say i think people gen uh, genuinely mean it but when you talk about you know going weeks weeks maybe months at a time uh uh you know where where you really don't see that end i think you get you don't you don't just get tired you almost feel defeated right so yes. president the president's talked a lot about you know this being sort of similar to a you know a, him being a wartime president yeah you're, you're, you know there is some reality to that. And while, you know, my gut and, and sort of my optimism suggests that at the end of this, you know, the American, you know, economy and, and, and Americans in general will, will probably come out just fine, you know, long term. It is really hard not to feel as though uh, you are seeing a little bit uh, you, you're seeing you're almost losing the initial battle here. Yes. And what you're really also seeing it is now we're the United States and we have, I'd say, up there with one of the finest healthcare systems in the world. Gosh, but if you yeah. if you read and follow some of what's going on overseas and I, I don't know if I had mentioned to you when I was in in Rome uh, visiting my uh, middle child back in December, I, I, I was actually sick and I did go to a doctor and 
the doctors there, it's not like the United States. And many of them, if you read some of the Italian newspapers, they're a lot of them don't they're not well paid. It's not like doctors in the United That's States. Right. And so many of them are saying, you know what, this just isn't worth it. <laughs> and walking away. I mean, it's one thing you're a top surgeon and doctor at a hospital and you're making and again, money, you know, you're making two, three hundred, even more thousand. But if you have a doctor and he's making 50,000, he's like, this isn't worth it. I'm going to just I, I don't want to put myself at risk. Hey, Dan, touch on because this is something that I think is really in the forefront and it could be the story going forward. We, we're hearing more stories in Rhode Island of people having a tough time getting tested. And our numbers are so far behind Massachusetts. I, I think that um, a big story coming is that once the Rhode Island uh, have, we have the, the state has the ability to test more. That's when I think, unfortunately, you're going to really see the numbers rocket. I think you're exactly right. I mean, the governor, uh, Governor Raimondo said earlier this week that she she wants to get to what between 600 and 800 tests a day. Uh, and, and you've seen it. I mean, there the evidence is everywhere. If you look in any state in the country that has ramped up uh, uh, testing and look no further than either Massachusetts or New York, uh, you you will see a corresponding increase in the number of cases. Now, that may be a good thing in some ways because it starts to get a, you start to get an accurate view of, of really how many people are sick. You know, you, you start maybe to get out of that first phase of, you know, every single case matters. Right. You and I talk about the updates of the case and we get, you know, five new, 10 new, 20 new ones every day. And we still think, well, it's 124. Sorry about that, John. The uh, you you start you start to feel as though you know right now, like I said, every case seems to be be a big high profile story. In the case of you know, once you start to get, let's say, hundreds of cases, like Massachusetts, like New York you know, maybe you, you start to really think about sort of broader um, issues. But I, I think you're, you nailed it. I mean, look, this is going to, we will see an increase. Everybody agrees with that. There is no doubt that, uh, that the folks who are being tested right now are generally either the frontline kind of healthcare workers or, you know, people who are you know, in the hospital already. Uh, what we're not seeing is, and you and I are both hearing numbers of cases of people who call and say, look, you know, I, I'm not, I haven't been feeling well for a couple of days. All the symptoms are there. Um, it, it's pretty reasonable to assume. And I think Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott said yesterday, it's probably reasonable to assume that you, that you too have the coronavirus, uh, but we're, we're not counting those as cases just yet. Dan, you have a great piece, and again, we're sweet with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe, on because uh, I was even wondering aloud, how come we have not seen Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee? I mean, you put on the nightly news, and there's the president and the vice president, and you have a great story in the uh, Boston Globe. What happens if the Governor Raimondo gets the coronavirus, and there's a plan for that? Yeah, you know, what's funny is, is it, I, I sort of did that as the, you're, as you know, when you're tackling the, a big story like this, you're just in many ways sort of flooding the zone with, with how many different angles you could find and what, yep. what can you do differently than, you know, just reporting the numbers and things like that. And so, you know, I, I thought, boy, I, I, there, there's got to be a situation in place where people know what they're doing if, if, let's say, the governor were to get sick. 
And, you know, you reach out to the lieutenant governor's office and they say, as a matter of fact, we are when the lieutenant governor McKee is uh, is is actually uh, uh, trying to kind of separate himself and and exclude himself from many things, because, of course, if the governor were to, you know, be incapacitated in some way or God forbid, die, uh, the lieutenant governor would step up and become the governor. Uh, and, and so the story that I did yesterday was, you know, I sort of looked at at all of the statewide offices. And so, you know, if, the, if both the lieutenant governor and the governor were, were to, you know, be incapacitated, the speaker gets to step up. Um, Holy cow. Which would get a lot of, that uh, would be a very interesting news story, of course. Um, but the, uh, so, so in, in each office, as you go down, as you go into the secretary of state and the treasurer and the, att- the attorney general, they're much more of a, they have a, you know, a continuity plan where you can defer to your, your top aides, things like that. But the, the governor's one is the really interesting one, because, by the way, it's not insane that the governor, who has been seemingly working very hard on this and is doing a lot, it's not insane that she could become infected. No. And, and so you do. People should know that, that, yes, in fact, the lieutenant governor steps up. This is that scenario that folks talk about whenever whenever at campaign season there's criticism of the lieutenant governor. You know, that that one job that you're that you're entitled to in the Constitution is, of course, stepping up in the event the governor isn't there. And that's why we have that job. That's exactly right. The only thing about that is um, that I just found ironic, Dan McGowan, is the fact that. All right. So the governor, Governor Mundo and Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee, they are trying to avoid each other and he's under sight. But what you put on the nightly news that this the president and vice president of the United States. I mean, I would tend to think that the protocol that the governor and lieutenant governor are following. I, I mean, I, I would think that Vice President Pence and President Trump were in interaction, Dr. Fauci and everything. I just found that, I don't know, slightly amusing. I think the story is certainly worthwhile. And just, I like the fact that they do have a plan. But I would like to think that if Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee and, and Governor Raimondo are following all the new proper protocol, that, that they could be around each other and maybe not get infected. But I, I, that's I think, just the way it is. No, I think that you're, you're, you're exactly right. The other thing that, that a few people sent me notes or called me yesterday after the story ran, that they very accurately point out is, Let's just be very honest. If the governor, short of actually, you know, unfortunately dying, the governor would never hand over the keys to the lieutenant no. governor. And no governor would hand over the keys to the lieutenant no. governor. That's exactly right. Now, also, uh, the Boston Globe and folks, it's John DePietro speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Boy, talk about times have changed. I love the story in the Globe. Welcome back to Rhode Island. Now, we, you know, get over here and we're going to quarantine you for a while. Boy, can you imagine, John, I didn't know, I didn't know anybody who was flying into Rhode Island yesterday, but Amanda Milkovitz, my colleague, was there to, you know, capture the scene and everything. But it's, while, yes, I think most people are paying fairly close attention to what's happening in the news, uh, it is not insane that you would have been flying into Rhode Island without actually knowing that the governor had said that you can't, uh, that we're going to force you to quarantine. Imagine getting off that plane and one of the first people you see is, is the national guard. Wow. Uh, uh, it's a, I, I think it was a deeply, deeply concerning thing, by the way, that's not something, you know, we've talked about these other very serious situations, nine 11, things like that. It wasn't exactly like that, no. uh, uh, you know, getting, getting off a plane. And so now, yeah, I think, I think it probably scared some people. Although the folks that Amanda talked to yesterday, seems to be in relatively good spirits. They understood why. I, I, what I'm curious about is if we're talking about this 
10 days from now, 15 days from now of, of still having to get off a flight and self quarantine. Um, you could just see, I mean, I know it personally, just the sort of the cabin fever that you have. I can see a scenario where people are going to become, you know, it, it's one thing to be better safe than sorry, but then you start to think about kind of the stuff the president's saying, which is the, the economy has to come back and, and things have to get back to normal. I think, I think more and more, the longer this goes, the more you're going to hear the, the average person kind of agree with the president on this. Not only that, Dan, but it's, it's a total killer. I mean, who has, it's one thing, do I want to go on a trip? It's another thing of, then I guess if you land on the other end, you have to quarantine for two weeks. And then if you come back, you got to, I mean, to, so much for like a long weekend, the long That's weekend right. would be, you know, think of you were going to take a week's vacation. Okay. Once we get there, we can't go anywhere for two weeks and you can't go out. And then when you get back, you can't, I mean, that is an absolute killer for travel. So I agree with you now. Uh, very timely. I like the story that uh, Dan McGowan has in the Boston Globe. And uh, the headline is very fitting and saying that apparently uh, Rhode Island Senator Jack Reed, Senator Reed was ahead of the curve on the coronavirus. Touch on that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, John, I'll tell you, you, I know you like sort of the how we come across stories, yes, and how, how we do I stories. Do. I'll tell you the way this one came about. I, I actually was searching through Twitter and I wanted to see the, the first moments when our congressional delegation started to actually talk about the coronavirus. And, and I, I went backwards. I, I, Jack Reed, I went with last. And what I noticed was the first, the, the you know, Congressman Cicilline, Congressman Langevin, Senator Whitehouse, their tweeting about the coronavirus was very much, uh, you know, later in February and the Trump administration is, you know, failing, that, that sort of stuff. Right. But what I found interesting was that, that Jack Reed, for his first tweet about coronavirus was on January 30th. And, and, and it was a, a pretty somber note to say, we need to declare this a health crisis. This is a, this is a real concern. It did take a little bit of a slap at the president, but it wasn't the same sort of vitriol that you see from kind of typical Democrats. So I reached out to his office and I said, hey, I found this interesting. They said, we'll do you one better. We actually sent this letter to, uh, to the Department of Health and Human Services a couple of days before that tweet. And in the letter, now a bunch of different senators, but Jack Reed was on it. The letter basically spells out lots of questions that you and I are still talking about right now. What's a, va- what's a vaccine situation look like? How are healthcare workers going to be uh, impacted? What is the testing capacity? And that was on January 27th, so almost two months ago. Um, and I talked to Senator Reid yesterday. I think he would have rather not talked to me. I think he probably didn't, doesn't want to be, and this is one of those things where you didn't want to be right. But to his credit, I think the senator took a pretty measured approach and said, hey, you know, we, we were asking questions about this. And Sean DePietro was speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. There were only five cases. And so, you know, you, you were less. Uh, it's not that I, like, I, I don't necessarily believe the president didn't take it seriously. I think it was more of a scenario where you, you thought you could contain it uh, before you, know, you ended up with 55,000 as of today uh, confirmed cases. And so but a very interesting letter from, from Senator Reid, because I thought it was um, you know, unfortunately, very predictable and, 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 or, or prescient in some ways. Um, and he didn't really get any response. In fact, he didn't get any response. I talked to somebody 
with the Department of Health and Human Services yesterday, and they kind of said, we're going to decline to comment. Uh, we're working on it. But, you know, two months later, uh, I think the senator comes out looking pretty good here. We are. And Dan, two, two thoughts on that. One, um, President Trump, initially, there was pushback when he stopped all flights coming in from China. As much That's as people right. want to gloss over that, uh, that, was, that was a form of containment. And on a local front, if you look into, and I was reading the comments, and it was the Boston Globe that carried it, Dr. Nicole Scott of uh, the Department of Health, Alexander Scott, her first real reaction to this was that she was fearful of Asian yep. bias, people being biased to uh, people Asia. And, and that com- really proved to be completely false. That's really not what it was about. I'm not saying that that's not a dynamic, but that really wasn't the right tone. <laughs> But I also want to, I, what, I, what I would say Follow. is you are exactly you are exactly right. And, and I got a couple of notes this morning after I published the roadmap about Senator Reid. And I think people who, who po- are pointing that out, that, that, you know, everybody sort of was accusing the president of being a racist. Uh, that look, there's no question about it. I, and, and it's something I should have asked Senator Reid about. I didn't um, because there's no doubt that that the very initial reaction was, hey, we can't do this. And, and, you know, this is wrong. And, and in hindsight, it might have it might have at least slowed things for a little while. It, it, it may have and at least stopped it coming in, coming in from there, because now, you know, listen, no one knew how contagious it was. And just obviously the people in Italy would have done things differently in hindsight if they had known just how much That's it was right. going to overwhelm them. Uh, folks, it's John DePietro speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Now, you also have and I, you know, I love stories about the media. The coronavirus is changing everything in Rhode Island, even local news. Now, as we talk about, and I'm glad, again, you're the first. I'm not saying it. This I love stories about the media. Uh, this morning on Good Morning America, Robin Roberts is now. Uh, she's in her home studio. They don't say exactly why many times, but she has had health battles in, in the past. And anyone like that, uh, that's certainly a reason to be cautious. But I just want to clarify something that I have been told and, and people don't understand this. There was there have been stories written about uh, the gentleman who's doing the sign language for Governor Raimondo. I think there's actually two of them uh, at these press conferences. But I was told that and you have a photo of this woman who's sitting at a table and then the cameras are behind her. Now, I've heard and maybe, you know, this, but that one of the I don't know if both or one of them that he's actually deaf and she's signing to him what the governor Yeah, said. that's that's exactly right. And to the credit of, I, I believe it was Mark Patinkin in the journal um, had a nice story about this uh, just the other day. That's exactly right. The, the person you're seeing on TV, uh, uh, you know, doing the sign language next to Governor Raimondo every day is actually deaf himself. And what, what he's doing is, uh, the the woman who's in that picture is signing it back to him and then he is giving it to the community. And I haven't got a great explanation for why that is, except that uh, there's a, a it's going to sound silly, but some sort of credibility factor with the deaf community that if you are oh. deaf yourself, you, you're okay. sort of more trusted. And so he gets to be that person wow. and that's sort of the design behind it. it's fascinating john non-hearing impaired bias though <laughs> so because all right then we can both agree because my first reaction was well why isn't she just doing it if she clear the governor and i think that's fair now if, if that's what we've come down to i'll, I'll go along <laughs> with that and again uh it must be tough enough 
but so there is a bias towards those of us that can hear where they so the deaf have to hear from someone who can't hear that that's what the message is now let's get back to hey it feels good to laugh and i'm glad because you know what when you read some of the stuff sometimes i think did i just read that and i'm like forget it i'll just get back to it um can you touch on though because i think this is different the way local news uh the television stations how they've been covering and dan mcgowan one good thing boy the ratings are through the roof for the national news. It's a big story. Boy, the national news is back where you have um, uh, ABC News with David Murr, Lester Holt. Their numbers, they're, they're seeing numbers for the evening nightly news that, that go back to like the early Yeah, 90s. it's, it's a stunning. And, and, you know, remember, the, the pe- people don't always pay this close attention to it like, like you and I. But the thing with local news is, it, or not just local news, but, but the televised news is still very, very trusted in America, despite what you think of, you know, the media at large, whether it's radio, print, whatever. If you look consistently, television news, particularly the, the, uh, the regular stations, the, you know, ABC, NBC, CBS, um, and, then, and then your local television tends to always come up uh, in polling as, as very popular. And you're seeing that uptick Right now, they're having, I think, uh, you know, almost a renaissance in, in television news. Uh, and then here at home, what's really interesting, and the reason I wanted to do a story on how local media is handling is, as you know, I, I worked at Channel 12 for years. And yes. the, the thing about local television that's, that's so fascinating is because we're in a small place, you know, you really do kind of get to know your uh, you know, your people that you see on television, even I wasn't on television very often, but I, it was a noticeable bump from people who would come up to you and talk to you. I've been around Tim White before when, you know, just at the grocery store, people come up to him and want to tell him stories, sure. things like that. And what they're having to do right now is, you know, many of them are, are shooting stories from their home, right? They're trying to, in some cases, you know, they've got their kid on one hand trying to get through digital learning and then they're doing their own stories. Um, and when I when I initially started to to uh, to poke around on this story, I should say it was actually before all of these restrictions were in place. And so at the time, the television stations were really scrambling, particularly Channel 10, who, who talked to me for this story, said, you know, look, we're trying to put in all these measures in place to keep people safe. But if you're the news director at Channel 10 or Channel 12 or Channel 6, you are in the back of your head also thinking, how are we going to make this look good for television, right? And, and that is a, it's a tricky scenario. And what you're seeing is people getting really creative. One of the, the great things I think, of, uh, the, the, uh, I hate to say great, one of the things that's going to come out of the coverage of coronavirus, I think, is going to be uh, sort of a newfound creativity, I think, from, from local news in particular, where they're realizing that, you know what, we can make an interview on Skype look presentable on television we can shoot uh, our stories you know on our phones from our houses things like that i think you're going to see i think you're seeing sort of a whole new world of access that's going to open up um and you're seeing it every night i mean i've spent the last week or two really trying to pay attention to what all three local television stations are are doing and uh it's just amazing to see them be able to put it all together and you know if you're if you're a viewer at home and and chances are you know based on the numbers people are watching this at home you are noticing a much much different product than you were seeing maybe four weeks ago 
Folks, it's John DePietro. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. A lot more ahead. Stay tuned right here to the John DePietro Show. Well, it's John DePietro. This portion of the program is brought to you by Johnson Propane. Now listen, you want to be prepared for what's going ahead. Now is the time to stock up on propane. Stop in. Phil never runs out. That's right. Phil Johnson never runs out. Easy to get to. Located 904 Manton Avenue in Providence. And it's right in front of Stop and Shop, right over near Rhode Island College. They are open seven days a week. Propane tank and supplies. They fill Blue Rhino. And they will fill up all your propane tanks. Credit cards, debit cards are accepted. You can call Phil Johnson at 401-621-8129. 401-621-8129. Johnson Propane, 904 Manton Avenue in Providence. Call Phil, 401 401- Six two one eighty one twenty nine. Now is the time to stock up. It's drive in, no wait. Propane filling station. They'll fill up your tank. Now is the time. You want to make sure you don't know what's going to happen. And if in fact you get locked down or you have to be out, then you want to make sure you have propane. Johnson Propane, nine zero four Manton Avenue in Providence. I, I'm stopping by to have Phil fill up. I have two tanks. I'm going to have them both filled up. 401-621-8129. Stop in and see him. He's just terrific. And again, right 904 Manton Avenue in Providence, right near Rhode Island College, and right in front of Stop and Shop. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Weekdays 11 to 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online. Go to the website, dipietro.com. Now, speaking of the website... I would like you, and I ask, log on to the website. It's D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. And let me describe what it looks for you. On the left, you have the Listen Live button. And what does that mean? It means you could listen live. Let's just say you're out of the range where you can't get it on the radio. If you go to the website, between 11 and 2, you can listen to it live. Let's say now, well, wait a minute, Juan. I wasn't near a radio, or I was driving. I was out of the area. And, I, oh, God forbid, but I missed the show. Well, you go below that. And they have what's called a dashboard. And you'll see home. You'll see meet John DePietro. Hello, that's me. But then you see it says radio show. And if you click on that under radio show, that is every episode that we do. It's housed right there just like a library. It's all stored. And then you can just listen at your leisure right there at radio show. To the right of that, as we go on DePietro.com, you see where it says advertise. Now listen, right now. Maybe you've never advertised. I would love for you to advertise on the show. Listening is at an all-time high. If you're open and you have a business, tell me about it. And let me tell everyone about it. And we're going to tell everyone about it. And you can find it right there. Maybe you've never thought about it, but you want to advertise. Click on that. Or then you also see the contact button. You can contact me that way. And then above that, at the very top, you see the logo. You have my links to social media, Facebook link, Twitter link, Instagram, and then you also have YouTube. And then right below that, you'll see support the John DePietro radio show, John DePietro show Facebook live, and also DePietro.com. Folks, right below that, you can see it. If you support the show, you uh, find me entertaining, you enjoy listening, show your appreciation. There it is. Go to the website. It all begins and ends, as I say, at the website 
DePietro.com. You know why. He tells it like it is. The independent man. Um, check it out. It's all at DePietro.com. It's John DePietro. We speak with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, I want to follow up on something we were just talking about, and that is the local media coverage. And you're exactly right. And uh, and I don't know exactly when the decision was made. I'd like how you talked to Betty Jo Caccini, who I know, and talked about the station nightclub fire. And I remember going through that. That was, in all essence, in many ways, it was a two-week story where it did dominate the headlines for two weeks, and then it started to settle down. What I've noticed is initially the local stations were trying to, you know, let's also work out some other news. They've kind of gone to, to me, the type of coverage you see when there's either a blizzard coming or, you know, a hurricane, something catastrophic, a potential type event. All resources are on the story. And so you don't have, you know, shooting at Pawtucket. You don't have fire in Fall River, that type of thing. It really is every angle of it. And you also write about, and I'm so sorry to see this, the Warwick Beacon is a great local paper. And I, I, feel, I feel terrible reading that John Howell may have to just go down to once a week. Yeah, this was a, a, you know, one of the things that comes out of you know, your reporting when you're doing on this. Initially, you go in and you think, well, I'll do the TV story because that's sort of the, the visual and you can see that. It's very interesting. But then you started to hear, and I ran into John Howell at a one of the governor's press conferences just uh, uh, God, two weeks ago now, I think it was. And he was saying, he was kind of lamenting the fact that, you know, the challenge of this as a local newspaper is you don't have high school sports. You don't have, you know, community events. You don't have a bunch of things that, that typically we would fill the paper with. And so uh, John made the decision to go from publishing Tuesday and Thursday to Thursday only uh, and, and that's, a, and, and, you know, I asked, I, I said this in the story, he, he didn't quite get back to saying, yes, guaranteed when this all ends and things are back to normal, we'll go back to, uh, you know, we'll go back to two days, uh, to two days a week. You're seeing similarly at, at Providence business news, they've cut their print edition. Um, and so they're digital only right now. Uh, and you're starting to see, I didn't include this in the story, but you are starting to see an, an, an initial round of, I think, layoffs at local newspapers all across the country. And it's in part because, every, you know, when the economy is paralyzed, uh, you're not getting advertising dollars, you're not getting that stuff. And a lot of these newspapers mean very similar to what uh, what the restaurants face is. It's not like there's a lot, you know, I've happened to work for a place that, that we're fortunate, right? Our, our owners you know, do just fine and are billionaires. And so we, we benefit, but a lot of these local newspapers, it's not like they have six months of savings to pay their employees and things like that. And when ad dollars dry up very quickly, you know, you do start to see uh, uh, cutbacks and layoffs. And fortunately we haven't seen that just yet at the Warwick Beacon, but going to just once a week when, you know, if you're a person in Warwick, where there's a lot of news, by the way, there's, there's all kinds of news that comes out of that place, including the airport there. Uh, it is, I think it's deeply concerning that you're seeing that uh, uh, cut back to once a week right now. Hey, Dan, before I let you go, uh, just getting back to, I'd like your thoughts on how you think Governor Raimondo with the, uh, now it's the remote briefing where the media, and I understand perfectly reason why, uh, why they're not there. Although the White House what they do, they've spread everybody out in the White House press room. But the, the governors, they've decided to not have people in there. Um, how do you think that's going? 
And also, um, I also want to ask you, I know Margie O'Brien. I knew her when she was at Channel 6. She's terrific. She's terrific. Or Porter, anchor. I knew when she was at Channel 10. Um, but, but she does work for Capital TV that I kind of view as a sense of like state-run yeah. TV a little bit. I, I just had the thought of why not rotate local journalists in, meaning, you know, Dan McGowan of the Globe would be there to then, and again, you keep your distance from her, but you're there to then field the questions. Yeah. And then the next day could be Tim White. And then the next day could be, you know, uh, whoever, uh, Parker Gavigan, whoever. But I, I, there's something about really not having a real reporter there to ask the questions. And that's nothing against Margie, but that's really not her role. No, I, I think you're, you're right on this, John. I mean, look, the, we were asked ahead of time, or I was asked ahead of time, uh, by the administration, I'm sure they asked lots of different media outlets, you know, what do you think of this? This is the, you know, way we're going. And my reaction was, I understand the idea of not having the press, uh, you know, in the room with the governor. Um, I think the day that they made the decision, the Washington Post had run, uh, I believe, a front page, either editorial or, or column, basically, you know, criticizing the president for doing this and having the media in the room. And so there were, they had a little bit of kind of uh, momentum to be able to make that decision. I get it. I don't like it, but I get it. And that was sort of the message that I said to them. The problem is exactly what you're saying. It's it, nothing against Capital TV or Margie. It, it, what, what happens is, is you don't, not only do you, you know, you're submitting questions sort of ahead of time. So you're, while the governor's office says that they're taking every question and answering it, you know, you don't get that that spark of, hey, you know, Ted Nisi asked a really good question here. I want to follow up on that. You don't get that type of thing. And that right. that's where the real news comes from. As you yes. know, you know, it, it, it's reporters piggybacking off of each other and being able to ask follow ups and things like that. Um, you know, it hasn't been the again, it hasn't been the, the, a total disaster yet. But I could see a scenario, God forbid, if we start to see people die in Rhode Island, which, again, using everywhere else as an example, seems to be likely. I think we're going to really want more questions. You saw it this week a little bit with Dr. Alexander Scott. One of the questions that all of us in the media, I think, have been asking is, so if you're counting, let's say right now, 100, as, we, as you and I speak, 124 confirmed cases, um, what does that mean in terms of who has been cured so far? Who is technically right. not, uh, uh, you know, doesn't have the virus anymore? And we've been, I think we've really struggled to get that answer. And having been in the room for those press conferences initially, I know what would have happened with, you know, I ask a question and then, you know, Patrick Anderson from the Providence Journal says, no, 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 wait a minute, you know, answer this question. And usually you do end up with a more clear and accurate answer. And yes. that's how it gets out to the public. Yep. And, and, and let's be honest. I've been in that. We've both been in that state room. That's a huge room. Huge. Uh, Absolutely. I'll go back to it, it's it's listen, it's triple the size of the White House press room, which I, I've also been in and behind that podium. I don't see why you couldn't have. And this is just my thought, but you couldn't have Dan McGowan sitting here and then six feet away from you or eight feet is Ted Nisi, right. and then 10 feet away from him is whoever. I, I think it could be accommodating because uh, this has been a very, and I'll, we'll just end with this. I, I find it very frustrating because I'm talking with so many people that are on the front lines and they've been insisting, and I mean for weeks, that the numbers are much higher. They're not testing people. 
People at the hospitals have been telling me that some of their co-workers have tested positive. Yesterday, Ted Nisi, Channel 12, did break that Lifespan finally admitted that yep. they had some workers. Um, I understand HIPAA. I understand privacy. But I find that too much of this, to, just my opinion, they, they've been going to that too much where, you know, we've seen in other states, Massachusetts is telling you gender, where they live. Rhode Island has been really slow to give out information. Very much so, John. And, and I'll give you, and, and you're right, you know, the, the thing that gets often cited is HIPAA, of course. But I'll remind you that initially, when we had just the, the St. Ray's situation, uh, you know, we were getting lots and lots of information. And now the name wasn't released until, you know, obviously a bunch of us knew it, but couldn't confirm it or whatever. It wasn't released until the Wall Street Journal did their story. But there was not just daily, I mean, multiple times daily updates on, you know, here's what we know about what's happening with the, the folks who were on that trip at St. Ray's. And now, uh, particularly with, I think, healthcare workers, which you've been reporting for weeks, you know, we've been all hearing stories about people get falling ill and, and what's going on at these places. Um, the, the, the state, I think, has been uh, really behind on, on, on giving that information. And, and then, you know, what, what happens is the state then says, well, we can, we'll let anybody release the information. But then you go to a lifespan or you go to a Care New England, and Care New England says, no, 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 we're going to let the state make those decisions. And suddenly you've you know, lost half a day and just you know, po pointing fingers and you move on to the next big story. And, and so I, I think that's right. I mean, I think the state's been behind on, on that part. I think the governor overall, you know, she's, I think she's drawn uh, uh, for good reason, relatively high remarks for her daily press conferences. Yes, but yes. They, they have not been as good on um, actual information about the, the, the folks who, who have fallen ill. Yeah, I, this is the most frustrating story that I've ever covered, only because it, it sounds ridiculous and people won't get it. But I think you will. I, I've had I had a heated discussion the other day with a doctor who is demanding, why won't I report what he told me? And I said, I, I can't because it's so like high the number and i can't get it confirmed i can't go out on a limb like that right i'm not holding back this isn't i've you know there's police stories you get info on there's stuff in the court system you can i i can't i can't get they won't give you a budget on this folks the coverage has been great uh you can get a daily email from dan mcgowan and people folks uh dan how can people get it yeah if you just send a, a blank email to uh rinews at globe.com rinews at globe.com Every morning, and in fact, now we're we're putting out an afternoon uh, roadmap I love as well, it. Yes. Uh, with, with a little bit of updates from the governor's press conference. But every day, you get a little bit of original reporting. You get all the links to the stories where you know we've been reporting on, and then you get the the daily update in better times. It's usually more about what people can do tonight and have fun and things. Right now, it's all about coronavirus. But if you send a blank email to rinews at globe.com, you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning. I love the afternoon edition. It takes me back to I had a paper route of the evening bulletin, the Providence Journal <laughs> evening that. bulletin, and that's what it's like. Dan McGowan, uh, Boston Globe. Stay safe. Great job. We'll talk to you again. Thanks so much, John. Stay safe. Remember, if you ever find yourself in an accident, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. 401-272-3340 for West Fountain Auto Body. It's Kenny. It's Patricia. Maybe Kaylee answers the line. Look for them on Facebook, West 
Fountain Auto Body, located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. They're right behind the Providence Public Safety Complex. So you're riding along and you're maybe minding your own business and going the speed limit, and boom, you just never know when you can find yourself in an accident. You have people that are texting and driving, or they're drunk drivers, or you have people that they're compromised, or they're they're on something, or whatever it may be. People just, they're not paying attention. They're texting. They go through a stop sign. They go through a red light. Uh, they drive very recklessly through a parking lot, and all of a sudden, you have damaged your vehicle. Well, the first thing you want to do is call 911, fill out a police report. If you can drive your vehicle, your first phone call is to West Fountain, 401 401- 272-3340. Maybe you know someone. Do you have a family member or a friend or someone you work with that was in a car accident? Listen, it's it's uh, number one, it shakes you up. Number two, hopefully you're okay. But number three, let's get the car fixed. Call West Fountain, 272-3340. They're going to work for you, not the insurance company. Now, if you're in an accident and you can't drive your vehicle, it was that badly damaged, when the tow truck shows up, tell them, bring this vehicle to West Fountain Auto Body. Look for them on Facebook. This is where I would bring your car. This is where I bring friends' car, family. They will repair your vehicle. They'll handle everything for you. Showroom-like condition. Get it back on the road. West Fountain Auto Body. Since 1927. 401-272-3340. 401-272-3340. Look for them on Facebook. West Fountain Auto Body. If you're a business owner, in today's world, listen, customers are judging you by your website. And for most people, when people hear about a company, let's face it, you don't have the yellow pages anymore. Most people, they go online and they want to look at your website and that's how they're judging you. So that's their first introduction to you. It's not so much, you know, people would put a lot into the sign or the front of their store. Now, Think about it. Your website, that is your signage. That is the first introduction. And that's why my friend Karen Etchells at InnoVast is here to help. She redesigned Depetro.com. I've worked with Karen for over 20 years. You can reach her today for a free consultation at 401-321-2799. 401-321-2799. Karen Etchells at InnoVast. Now is the time. Now it's 2020. When's the last time you freshened up your website? Maybe when you first got it and then you don't realize or you first set it online or had someone do it and you don't even remember who did it and it's not as effective as it could be. Much like, you know, you need to sometimes paint the outside of your building or maybe um, inside your store you realize, hey, maybe we need some new carpeting or a new type. Well, the same goes for your website. If you've been thinking about updating your website, or you have questions, maybe get the most out of your social media, you can get a free consultation from Karen Etchells, local digital marketing professional, well, marketing professional. She is excellent, and she's been doing this for over 25 years. Contact my friend Karen Etchells, Innovast Digital Marketing. Now, if you go to my website, topetro.com, you'll see her right at the bottom, so that's a click, an easy link. If you can't remember the name, or you can't remember the phone number, I'm going to give them both again. But the very least, all you have to do is make your way to depetro.com. And at the very bottom, you'll see Innovast. Innovast.com. And then her photos right there. Karen Etchells. Again, take advantage. Free consultation. 401-321-2799. 401-321-2799. 
or find Karen online at innovast.com. Go to log on to depetro.com and at the very bottom, you'll see the link and you can contact her. So whatever your business is, it doesn't matter whether you're a dentist or a restaurant or whatever business you're in, you need an updated website. Contact Karen Etchells. It's Innovast Digital Marketing. I-N-N-O-V-A-V-A-S-T, Innovast Digital Marketing. And again, 401-321-2799. Take advantage, free consultation with Karen. And also check out her work. I love it. I've worked with her over 20 years. You can see her link at depetro.com. It's the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go till 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen at the website. It's DePietro.com. And then uh, just click on Listen Live and all the shows. We also keep them all right there under radio shows if you ever miss any part of the show. And then follow me on Facebook and Twitter. It's um, a John DePietro Show on both Facebook and Twitter. Folks, joining us right now, their coverage has uh, really been incredible from the Boston Globe with the focus uh, spotlight on Rhode Island is our friend Dan McGowan. Hello, Dan. Hello, John. How are you? Well, like everybody else, Dan, it's, uh, you know, no one's, uh, there's so many, no one's gone through this. No one knows where the story begins or ends. It literally, um, I don't know if the story's changing every hour. Parts of it are nationally. Um, I think in Massachusetts, maybe it's every hour. I'd say Rhode Island, it's at least there are new developments every couple hours. Um, but I'd like to hear your latest, if you don't mind, I wouldn't like to start with um, the Globe coverage in, uh, in Massachusetts, that they have far more positive cases. And uh, Governor Baker seems to be um, maybe looking at different ways to really um, try to do some things to slow it down. Well, yeah, I mean, and you're exactly right. The, the, I think the, the strangest part of all of this, John, is... Uh, usually, you know, if you've been around the media and you obviously you have for a long time, you can kind of see, I don't know, milestones and times when things are going are, are sort of starting to fade away. I think of the Boston Marathon, of course, of, you know, being a, real, a stretch of a week. But after everything happened there uh, and after the, 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 the two guys were, were caught, you know, or one was dead, but the, you know, you you sort of very quickly uh, did kind of get back to normal. And I think what's so difficult about this is, you know, everybody keeps saying it's a marathon, it's a marathon. It's a marathon that we don't know where the end line is. Right. And that, that's what makes it so scary or, or just uh, uh, fatiguing, I guess. Um, and, and you're right from the Massachusetts. I mean, the thing yesterday in Massachusetts that was, that was deeply concerning, I thought was just the, huge huge jump in positive cases now they're testing way more than rhode island is but yesterday was that first time where you know you you almost had i think you had a 30 or 40 percent increase in positive tests just in the one day and uh you know it, it feels as though i mean massachusetts continues to be sort of right around there just under the the new york cities and the seattles of the world as a real, uh, uh, you know, hot spot for the virus. And, you know, what you're starting to hear a lot of concern, and you and I talked about this last week, but I know the reporters, my colleagues in Boston, I, what, what they're hearing from the hospital workers and sort of the frontline people is, you know, you, you can right now see a scenario where 
these, you know, some of the greatest hospitals in the world are completely overrun with, you know, virus cases and then potentially the actual healthcare workers getting sick themselves. We're not seeing that as much just yet in Rhode Island. I know people are, you know, we're, we're seeing the uptick and everything, but there, there's still very few people who are actually in the hospital for this and things like that. What you're seeing in Massachusetts is, I think, more of a, of a, a almost an immediate concern because they can see where this is going. You know, Dan, you've hit on some some really strong points there, and I want to follow up on that a little bit. And and something as the regular person, average person, has fatigue, and that's normal. And even the media, you start to see there's definitely a fatigue in this. But uh, a greater concern is, and I, I, I don't remember the news outlet because then, like, it just starts to blur together after a while. <laughs> but I think there was a nurse who was on the front lines and, and some of the healthcare workers, they also don't see an end in sight. And they're starting to think, OK, um, I could get, you know, the, I, I could be around someone contagious. I'm not seeing my husband or wife. I'm not seeing my children. You know, they start to hit a wall a little bit. And then you have. You have real problems, but I want to circle back about the, the no finish line. And I was discussing this with every Tuesday. I do the DePetro debate with my sister, Donna DePetro Perry. And um, what well, you may have been on lively with the one of times or maybe I don't know, but you I know you've seen her. Well, anyhow, most of the time we're conditioned. You know, there's a blizzard coming and it's the whole run on the bread and milk and stay in for the days. And then, you know, that beautiful sound of the plow on your street that then they're bailing you out or. Or maybe even a hurricane. All right. So then you do the same thing. But Dan, this is, we are not conditioned. This is like a blizzard or a hurricane where we don't know when it's going to end. Folks, it's John DePietro. And this is a special message for business people uh, that are trying to adapt to the latest circumstances. So much, so many of you are now working remotely and you're realizing now just how dependent you are whether it be with your cell phone, with your service, working remotely. And joining us right now, you've heard me talk about him so many times. It's our friend Sal, who is here to help any business person. Good afternoon, Sal. Good afternoon, J.D. How are you? I am uh, trying to get used to what's going on, just like everybody else. That's right. It is such an unusual time. But um, a lot of businesses right now are finding that they need to either be able to work more efficiently with their employees or for themselves work remotely. And I want to make sure people know about your services. Absolutely. So obviously, you know, I, we've mentioned before, but I'm with T-Mobile right now and I, and I recognize that, it, uh, you know, that it's a tough time to, to do business in the state and overall throughout the country. And I, and I recognize that. So with T-Mobile where we want to reach out, help to help reach out to small businesses and help them as much as we can. Um, and, and with that, we know there's a lot of, uh, a good amount of businesses out there that are allowing their, workforce um, work from home. So we have some great solutions for the, the companies out there to let their employees work from home. And, and with that, we have mobile hotspots, which have been becoming very popular right now um, because maybe Wi-Fi might not be an option at their house or at their work for some reason. But with the mobile hotspots we offer with T-Mobile, this will give them the ability to work remotely. Um, so I encourage if anyone's uh, that owns and operates a small business or has a workforce that needs to rely on mobile internet, reach out to me. I can help you. Call me today at 401-332-0000. That is my number directly, so I will pick up when you call. I want to help you as much as I can, even if it's not something where you want to purchase service and you just maybe just have some questions regarding your service with your current carrier. Um, the big thing is I want to help consumers out there with small business, with their small business. 
And as you know, I've come from a small business world. Um, I did oper- own and operate my own small business for the last seven years. So I get the challenges that are that people are experiencing right now. And I want to help out as much as I can. So and with that, like I said, T-Mobile is here to help with mobilizing your workforce, offering mobile hotspots. Uh, and I, I will help you with that. And again, my direct number is 401-332-0000. And call me anytime. I'm available. I'm here to help. And Sal, also just touch on, I think a lot of people are learning, you know, maybe they haven't seen family, but you can show them on FaceTime or businesses. There's ways that you can help them work remotely with their employees that they may not even be aware of. Absolutely. I mean, a lot of people, including myself, were uh, conducting meetings via FaceTime, via Skype, uh, WhatsApp chat through the the video options. So um, there are other ways to communicate in business and Myself included, if you want to have a conversation with me face-to-face, we can do it germ-free by having a Skype call or a FaceTime call. And you can do the same within your business as well. If you have employees that rely on communicating with their uh, customers, um, there are ways doing it without meeting face-to-face. Completely safe, completely germ-free by either a Skype call, FaceTime, whatever it may be. There's different platforms you can have that video call. And I'm more than happy to show you that. I can show you and explain how to use that and set it up. Uh, It's very simple to do. Um, I've been doing it myself. I, I conducted about five meetings last week, and they were all via Skype <laughs> from my office. So um, times are definitely challenging right now, but we kind of, you know, kind of, kind of work with it and move with these times and just kind of figure out what's going on. I think it's 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 very unpredictable at the moment. And um, if I could help in any way, feel free to reach out. Again, my direct line is four zero one three three two zero 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 zero. Folks, call him Sal by T-Mobile. Thank you, Sal. Thank you, John. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Lawn Doctor. Call today, your best lawn ever guaranteed, 401-392-1025, 401-392-1025, or online, they have a great website, lawndoctor.com. What do they do? Well, outdoor pest control, annual program, lawn care service. They make great lawns happen. Lawn Doctor at Island, your lawn care company. Love your lawn. Best lawn guaranteed. Call them today, 401-392-1025. Free uh, consultation and estimate, 401-392-1025. Lawn doctor. And now is the time because you can get the early spring, the crabgrass control, time-release fertilizer, professional blend of high-calcium line. Lawn doctor. Go online. Check them out. It's lawndoctor.com or call them today, 401 401- 392-1025. Lawn Doctor. You're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11 and we go till 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. And remember, you can always listen online. Visit the website, depetro.com. You can contact me there, send an email. If you ever miss any part of the show, You can uh, log on radio show. You can also listen live there, by the way. So wherever you are, anywhere in the world, you can listen live at the website. It's dipetro.com. Just click on listen live. If you want to listen, maybe, you know, you're away or you want to go back and listen to a guest, just click on radio show at the dashboard right on the website. And you can also then listen or re-listen, whatever it may be. And there's all the links to my social media that are right there. So whether it's Facebook or Twitter or YouTube, or Instagram. It all starts, folks, remember, it always begins and ends. The show never ends right there at depetro.com.
You're listening to The John DePietro Show, weekdays 11 to 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online. Go to the website, dipietro.com. Now, speaking of the website, I would like you, and I ask, log on to the website. It's D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. And let me describe what it looks for you. On the left, you have the Listen Live button. And what does that mean? It means you could listen live. Let's just say you're out of the range where you can't get it on the radio. If you go to the website between 11 and 2, you can listen to it live. Let's say now, well, wait a minute, Juan. I wasn't near a radio or I was driving. I was out of the area. And, I, oh, God forbid, but I missed the show. Well, you go below that, and they have what's called a dashboard. And you'll see Home. You'll see Meet John DePietro. Hello, that's me. But then you see it says Radio Show. And if you click on that under Radio Show, that is every episode that we do. It's housed right there just like a library. It's all stored. And then you can just listen at your leisure right there at Radio Show. To the right of that, as we go on DePietro.com, you see where it says Advertise. Now listen, right now, maybe you've never advertised. I would love for you to advertise on the show. Listing is at an all-time high. If you're open and you have a business, tell me about it and let me tell everyone about it. And we're going to tell everyone about it. And you can find it right there. Maybe you've never thought about it, but you want to advertise. Click on that. Or then you also see the contact button. You can contact me that way. And then above that, at the very top, you see the logo. You have my links to social media, Facebook link, Twitter link, Instagram and then you also have YouTube. And then right below that, you'll see support the John DePietro radio show, John DePietro show Facebook Live, and also DePietro.com. Folks, right below that, you can see it. If you support the show, you uh, find me entertaining, you enjoy listening, show your appreciation. There it is. Go to the website. It all begins and ends, as I say, at the website, DePietro.com. You know, he tells it like it is, the independent man. Um, check it out. It's all at dipetro.com.